Welcome everyone to the inaugural episode of Campus Pep Talk by IBA. The PEP in Pep Talk is an acronym for Proton Education for the People, which describes the theme and the goal of the show, which is key leaders in the proton space educating the public and anyone anywhere in their journey with proton therapy. IBA is delighted to have you join us as we interview key opinion leaders in the field and share knowledge of our purpose-led pursuit to eliminate cancer. Each episode will focus on a powerful story about pushing the boundaries of scientific progress and working together to co-define the future of cancer treatments. I think bringing proton therapy to Willis-Knighton integrated our department in, in a way that we didn't expect. Um, with proton therapy, it takes your department to a totally different level. And so our peers in the community at one time um, may have considered us friendly competition, um, now looked at us more as an expert in our field and began to refer more and more patients to our department. I would like to welcome our very first guest, someone who has been working in the field of proton therapy for 12 years and treating patients for the past six and a half, Dr. Lane Rosen. Dr. Lane Rosen is Director of Radiation Oncology at Willis-Knighton Health System in Shreveport, Louisiana. Dr. Rosen graduated from Louisiana State University School of Medicine in Shreveport, completed his residency at the Department of Radiation Oncology at George Washington University, and now works as a radiation oncologist specializing in female cancers and prostate. As Medical Director of Radiation Oncology at Willis-Knighton Health System, he oversaw the installation of the first IBA Proteus I system. Dr. Rosen is also a fifth-generation Shreveporter. Welcome to the show, Dr. Rosen. Hi, good morning. So some people may have noticed that song playing in the background. Lane, can you tell us what song that is? <laughs> that's that's uh, the Four Seasons, uh, Oh, What a Night. Uh, great, great old song. Yes, excellent song. So this is uh, Dr. Rosen's favorite song by Frankie Valley. Uh, we wanted to just share a little little bit of personality before we dive in. So uh, thanks again, Dr. Rosen, so much for joining us. Can I just ask you to sum up in two to three sentences what exactly proton therapy is? Yes, yeah, so, so um, you know, proton therapy is, is taking a, a, a particle um, and accelerating it to very high speeds and essentially throwing it at a tumor, okay? now. Everybody's familiar with x-rays. Um, x-rays, high energy x-rays are what the field of radiation oncology historically uses to treat cancers. And the way I like to explain it to patients is if you could put a piece of film behind a patient and you shot them with, a, with radiation therapy, you would see some image bones or soft tissue projected onto that film because an x-ray, which has no mass, will pass through a patient causing damage to a tumor and sometimes to healthy tissue, but it exits through the patient. Particles are different. Because of an inherent physics property of a particle, the particle will actually enter, enter the patient and it's so powerful that it will in some ways push healthy tissue out of the way. And at a certain depth in tissue, that particle will slow down and deposit all of its energy into a tumor. 
And so if you will, it explodes on the tumor and there is no more particles. So there is no exit dose. So if you take a patient getting proton therapy and put the film behind them and shoot them with a particle, nothing would show up on the film behind them. And it's that, that principle called the Bragg peak that allows us, if you will, to combine Bragg peaks together and paint a tumor with no exit dose. So could you tell me a little bit about how you chose to work with proton therapy and why was it important for you to include proton therapy in your radiotherapy department? Our department has always really tried to maintain a um, high degree of specialization and, and, and we've really tried to always push the field of radiation oncology. Very, very early um, in my career, we began doing IMRT at Willis-Knighton when many academic centers uh, had yet not um, in, uh, endorsed that technique. Um, we were also one of the first places in the world to do true image-guided radiation therapy. And, you know, I think for us, the thing that we saw as the next generation is we knew that we could use these advanced radiation techniques and advanced imaging techniques um, to deliver radiation in a way that we had historically not been able to do. But the thing missing was the, the still the continuing side effects of radiation therapy and the unfortunate um, ex unnecessary exposure to healthy tissues. So we were looking um, very early on for what would be next. Um, I happened to be um, lecturing uh, at the University of Pennsylvania as they were installing one of the first uh, IBA um, proton therapy systems. And I came home to Shreveport and, and told my chief physicist, you know, it's, it's too bad we can't do this in Shreveport. You know, we were, we had been used to being a leader and being in front. Um, but at that time, the uh, field of, of, of proton therapy was really um, limited to only the largest of academic cancer centers. There was really uh, beyond, the, the, the cost of proton therapy was so beyond that of most hospitals. So we, um, we started exploring uh, some of our options. And um, at the time there were only, uh, there was really only one other uh, vendor available. And we looked at, at, an, at, an, at, a, at another unit for a while, um, but still the thing that was drawing us back to the IBA Proteus One system was the concept of having image guidance and the, the term pencil beam scanning or, or a scanning technology with proton therapy. Because scanning technology meant that we could essentially paint a tumor much like we could do with IMRT and traditional radiation therapy, but without any scatter dose to surrounding tissues and with a reduction in late side effects. So combined with you know, a strong physics team in our department and a, and a strong group of of medical professionals that I will work with. We um, explored the option of becoming the first IBA Proteus One Center in the world. So how would you say that it has contributed to the success of Willis-Knighton Health System? I think bringing proton therapy to Willis-Knighton integrated um, our department in, in a way that um, we didn't expect. Uh, you know, we had always demanded excellence from our staff, from our therapists, our physicists, our dosimetrists, and, and of our physicians and team. But 
Um, with proton therapy, it takes your department to a totally different level. Um, all of a sudden, precision, accuracy, um, being fastidious in your planning and your delivery of therapy became um, much more of a priority than it already was. Um, I think that led to our department um, improving in every area. And it, it led to recognition from peers in our community um, that we were on a different level of radiation oncology than the typical department. In particular, um, as a community um, academically oriented but private facility, um, we were now helping lead the field even among other academic centers. And so our peers in the community who at one time um, may have considered us friendly competition, um, now looked at us more as an expert in our field and began to refer more and more patients to our department. And so how has it affected uh, the rest of your radiotherapy department? Is there still a role for the traditional radiotherapy? Uh, there's absolutely still a role for, for other forms of radiation therapy. You know, proton therapy is not for all patients, but I think clearly what's happening is the, the indications are increasing. And as our knowledge base and research continues, we're finding that we can expand the treatment to patients um, in all different body sites. You know, we're, we're eventually going to make it to a, to a place where anybody that would be that would benefit from IMRT would likely benefit from proton therapy. So it's affected the way we think about every patient that we treat. In a perfect world, if, if it were possible, I, I would want to treat every patient with proton therapy. Um, but, you know, there are some patients where uh, you need more of a shotgun approach rather than a really precise rifle. And so um, I think proton therapy is another weapon in our department um, that we can use um, and select the right patient for the right treatment. The other thing that's really changed is as proton therapy has become a, um, a field more open to the general public, as costs have come down, as the machine sizes have gotten smaller, departments like ours, larger, um, physics-strong, non-academic departments have been able to integrate proton therapy. So, um, it just gives you the opportunity to offer your patients a treatment um, that wouldn't always be available to them. Sure, so going along with that, um, there are plenty of facilities and centers that don't have proton therapy. Why do you think radiation oncologists should care about proton therapy and potentially consider including it? In, in radiation oncology, we're taught the ALARA principle, which is to keep as little as reasonably achievable dose delivered to the patient. And, and our field has gone through this for, for 100 years, um, you know, trying to reduce the amount of radiation to the healthy tissue while delivering a higher dose to the target. And, and along the way, image-guided radiation and intensity-modulated radiation therapy and, and other techniques deeply penetrating high-energy photon radiation were mechanisms to accomplish that. Um, MRI-guided radiation, but where we have really gone to now is that particle therapy has the ability to do everything that we've been looking for with much lower radiation exposure to a patient. And so I think it's important that all radiation oncologists 
not only have an interest in proton therapy, but as we're seeing in training programs, residents in radiation oncology trainees really have to have a good understanding of radiation um, physics and biology and proton therapy and, uh, specifically because everybody will have patients that would better benefit by proton therapy when it's available. So one last question for you, Dr. Rosen. How many proton therapy centers do you think the U.S. would have by the end of 2050? 2050 is a long way from now. Um, <laughs> Indeed. You know, if you look at just the way technology, you know, every six to eight years doubles and changes, I think it's very reasonable to assume that proton therapy's cost will be comparable in 10 or 20 years to that of traditional photon units. Um, I could see proton therapy being in every major city in the United States, however many that is. We're already, I think there's close to 40 proton therapy centers already in the United States. And um, <clears throat> right now we're the only proton therapy in the state of Louisiana and um, for the surrounding three hours, the primary referral center, but I foresee that changing. And, you know, the proton technology is really, really growing. I mean, our image capability is dramatically improved. And, and I just, I, I think at least for the next several years, intensity modulated or pencil beam scanning, image guided proton therapy will lead the way. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Rosen, for joining us and speaking with us today about both the success of your center, Willis-Knighton Health System, and also just the important role that proton therapy has played. It was really great hearing from you and your story, and also rocking out to Frankie Valley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm aging myself with that, with that song. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having me, and I appreciate you inviting Yes, and thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, please follow us at Kempfis Pep Talk by IBA on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.